Well, vaccination rates continue to look great right across the country and here in the province of Ontario. And if you look at the age breakdown, the vaccination rates for a double vax for the cohort 80 and above, our seniors is really great. It looks like a great number. However, when it comes to long-term care, there is a, a big concern because just because you have the residents of long-term care double vax doesn't necessarily mean that those who are taking care of our most vulnerable are themselves double vax. One person has now died as a result of a COVID-19 outbreak involving the Delta variant at a Burlington long-term care home, Burlington, my hometown. There have been a total of 16 cases linked to the outbreak at the village of Tansley Woods, including the fatality that I just talked about. The virus has spread within this home, despite the fact that 96%, 96% of residents of this long-term care home are fully vaxxed. 98% have received at least one dose. And this has raised a lot of questions about what's going on with PSWs, personal support workers. Are they vaccinated? There has been reporting about hesitancy within that cohort. And here is Doug Ford speaking yesterday about the outbreak at the Burlington LTC. This is prior to the announcement of the fatality, but he's talking about the outbreak at this Burlington Burlington facility, pardon me, and the situation with vaccine hesitancies and PSWs. We need to see more PSWs get vaccinated. Uh, They really do, and they're the best people in the world. I know there's some hesitancy, but we just can't risk it with our our seniors right now. I know one one person uh, there, and uh, actually two staff, I understand, and some residents. But folks, if you work at a long-term care, uh, we we haven't made it mandatory. I don't believe in forcing vaccines on everyone, but think of the people you're taking care of. Think of their families. Think of your families. Please, I beg you, please get vaccinated. That is Doug Ford. Please get vaccinated for PSWs. But the government does not believe in making vaccines mandatory. Dr. Iris Gorfinkel is a family physician, a vaccine expert, and a frequent guest on this radio program. Welcome back, Dr. Gorfinkel. Many thanks for having me, Alan. How do we deal with vaccine hesitancy in PSWs? We can try to learn as much as possible from other countries that have walked the walk. Israel is one of those countries, and it's interesting. They fought themselves. Do we do the carrot or do we do the stick? So the stick is mandatory vaccination. By the way, I'm a proponent of mandatory vaccination when it comes to one group, and that's healthcare workers. Frankly, if you're a healthcare worker and you're in that kitchen and you decided you're going to be a cook in that kitchen, taking care of people who are vulnerable, who have no voice, then you have in my view, a duty to look after those people, a duty to ensure that you yourself are vaccinated. And I'd be tough about it. I'd mandate it in that one category in healthcare workers. But what Israel has learned is that mandate is kind of a bad term, right? Because mandate can invoke, and, and they know this, like we know this, it can vote, invoke a pushback. You're going to tell me You're going to coerce me into do it. You're going to tell me it's going to cost me my job if I don't do it. So listen to the pushback and how quickly the political can get mixed up with the scientific. You know, so but there is one group, in my view, that needs to be mandated, and that's healthcare workers. No one goes into a hospital setting, a long term care setting, a rehab 
with the intention of getting a disease they did not come in with already. People are extremely vulnerable. So I don't think, I think at the point at which, you know, we, we drop on our knees and beg, please, please get vaccinated. Well, I see some people in my own practice who are of this oak. Who, you know, you can stand on your head and spit purple nickels. I don't think they're going to get vaccinated. But I think that, you know, with that, you know, you want your job, you want to be in this space. Well, that's part of it. That's what we expect. I, I, this this mystifies me, this response from the government. I, mean, I, I suppose I understand it from, I mean, perhaps there would be a, a constitutional challenge or a rights challenge to it. But But these are, as you point out, these are workers who are entering a facility where, you know, the, the people in that facility have no voice. They have no choice. They are there. Uh, they don't have any choice about who comes in or who doesn't come in in terms of PSWs. They don't get to choose that. So, Absolutely. And do, we're do, dealing with a, a, a situation that it could be potentially lethal for these individuals. So in, in, in that circumstance, you would say, no, look, as a condition of your employment, you must prove Absolutely. that you are fully vaxxed. Absolutely. I personally would do that. And I think we look to our governments for leadership to ensure that they are laying the line down. You recognize what's going on now. And this is really sad to say. It's kind of pathetic. It's left to the individual institution to decide what their own policies will be. You know, so one could argue, well, maybe the marketplace will, will ensure that things are right. But the marketplace is a responsive thing. So when things go wrong, only then does the marketplace react. So I don't think it's fair or reasonable to say we're going to react. The people will react once enough deaths have happened. I think enough deaths have already happened. We know the devastation that this can cause. We know that the disease spreads by aerosol spread. You know, so one personal support worker, even if she's on, you know, on a floor two levels below us who's not vaccinated, who has a 40 percent chance of being asymptomatic when she is infected. I'm not saying that all personal support workers have a 40% chance of being infected. I'm saying once they are infected, the risk of being asymptomatic is 40%. You've got aerosol spread, you've got big buildings, you've got lots of people coming and going, working in multiple places. Look, come on. You know, it's up to our federal government, it's up to our provincial governments to say, you know what, we draw the line. Healthcare workers have to get vaccinated, period. You're in that kitchen, you want to you help people, fine. We, we laud you for that. You're a, you're a healthcare hero. But the day you get infected and you walk into a facility carrying that infection to people who are vulnerable, who have no voice, I'm sorry, you cease being a hero at that point. We've talked in the past about vaccine hesitancy and how to uh, approach it. From from that perspective, it, as we talk about carrot and stick, what what is the carrot? In, if you believe that the stick must be applied to healthcare workers, what's the carrot? So the carrot has been so what Israel has taught, you know, and I say Israel simply because they brought in vaccine passports in sometime in February. Like that's a long time in terms of pandemic hours. And what they learned is that you give people incentives in terms of privileges. Now that you're double vaxxed, you can buy that ticket to that sporting event. You can go to their hairdresser. You can go to that restaurant. You can go to the theater. That's the the tack that Israel took. It basically gave individuals greater freedoms once they were vaccinated and safe. In fact, the uh, concept that we have of lifting the quarantines, and as of yesterday, 
fully vaccinated Canadians and permanent residents no longer have to quarantine. Where did that concept come from? That concept was born out in Israel. Now, their numbers got so low that as of June, they stopped the green pass. They didn't have to have that vaccine passport system anymore. But it's interesting that could we and could we have something like that come the fall? I would not I wouldn't be a proponent of that right now simply because our numbers overall are so low. But in the realm of personal support workers, in the realm of healthcare workers who are front facing, come on. The data is very much out there that in fact the vaccination will reduce transmission. Is it perfect data? No, it's not, but it's probably as good as we're going to get. For what we have now. So when you put the risks and balances, you know, I think it, it greatly favors that healthcare workers, all healthcare workers, almost without exception, should be vaccinated and it should be made as mandatory. Uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, I was speaking yesterday to uh, Dr. Suman Chakrabarty, who's an infectious disease specialist. And one of the things that really struck me about the conversation I had with him is when we started talking about, you know, looking down the road to, you know, August and perhaps past stage three, his point is, is that I think we need, we need to stop reporting the daily case counts because they are becoming increasingly more meaningless as we move into a more fully vaccinated population. Would you agree with that? Stop reporting the daily case counts. Um, what will happen focusing if it's not on relevant? I mean, what will happen is that come the fall, um, I'm concerned about what could happen. Is schools reopen? Is this large segment? You know, so what is the large segment I'm talking about? The unvaccinated kids. So right now, our numbers in Toronto anyway, we've got 80%. You know, practically 80% of individuals have now received one dose. Over 50% have received two doses. But what about kids? We know that kids under 12 transmit the disease. And we know that the Delta variant is over twice as infective as the original variant had done. You know, so you put these things in the calculator. We know that aerosol spread is a thing. And when this percentage of kids, you know, the significant percentage of our population, which I believe it's around 16% of those under 16, it's an easy number to remember, 16, 16. That's about what it is, 16% of the population. So if we don't get those people vaccinated, how are we going to approach the herd immunity of 90%? Answer, it is impossible to do that. You cannot without getting kids vaccinated. So in order for us to achieve herd immunity, children must be vaccinated. Is that an easy thing? Well, no, it's not, because we don't even have a vaccine for kids under 12 as yet. However, Pfizer looks promising. Pfizer is saying that we may have early data come September for kids between the ages 5 and 11. They're hoping to re release that. But by the time Health Canada approves it, if they should approve it, and we were to look back at what they've done, the best we can hope for is at least a month for them to do the review. They're doing rolling reviews now, but still. You know, so in the meantime, we need to make sure that all buildings are safe. So it's not just about vaccinations. It's also about ensuring that buildings are safe. And that includes school. Getting in to all the school buildings, making sure that their air filtration systems, their HVAC systems are up to date. They're inspected. They're maintained. You know, we've, we've changed the filters. We've sent out instructions to the teachers. Keep those windows open. Keep the doors open. Keep the air flowing. 
because, you know, all these primary preventative things that are so much less sexy than vaccinations, well, guess what? They matter. And they matter a lot. Dr. Gorfinkel, always great to talk with you. Thank you again for your perspective and joining us today. Many thanks, Alan. It's a pleasure.